0: Hello and welcome to Serious Vintage. I'm Jeff Mose. I'm Nat Mose. I'm Josh Chappell. And I'm Andy Verbasco. Today on Serious Vintage, the Eldrazi are coming. What do we do when the Eldrazi get here? How do we even pronounce Eldrazi? We'll find out.
1: All right. <laughs> That's already good enough for a podcast. I think I'm done. <laughs> That's it. we just got out there.
0: That seems reasonable.
1: So, I think everyone that I've seen so far has been writing or talking about Eldrazi. They're the newest thing to hit all the formats and have just gotten to vintage semi recently. Yeah, they've been creeping up towards us for a while. Right. And for a while, it looked like
2: it would be a horrible joke, and there's no possible way you'd ever play these creatures in vintage.
0: Yeah, I was really surprised. I had already, like, totally gotten into... Because I haven't played a whole lot lately. I was already, like, fully into Eldrazi dismissal mode. Like, I was just like, oh, whatever, it's some stupid fish deck, whatever, little dudes. And then I played it this weekend against Jake, because Jake was like, hey, I, I want to play some Magic. Here, Jeff, play Eldrazi. And it was dumb.
1: I remember we talked about it before, and we were looking at various lists, and I think some people were testing prototype lists early on and everyone was just like these cards aren't doing anything vintagey like they're just they're not scary like you could just be playing stompy and be doing the same same thing it's actually become so much more than that yeah maybe it has it, maybe it's just a very very good stompy deck in the case right, i mean yeah. there's
2: there's a few different Eldrazi decks we'll talk about that i think some of them that's kind of what they are
1: yeah, why don't, why don't you go ahead and start? Because you, you played White Eldrazi at the uh, NYSE Open and top-aided with it.
2: Yeah, sure. So um, NYC Open happened last weekend, week and a half ago now. Biggest paper tournament for a little while, like 160 people. Three or four weeks ago, I had never seen a White Eldrazi list before. Like two weeks ago, I saw Randy Bueller play it in one daily, and then the next week uh, – Three of them were in the top eight of the power nine challenge and a week after it was MISE and I just, I wanted to play it. I thought I tried a few decks to try to beat it. I didn't test against it a ton, but just trying to craft an idea of like, oh, it would obviously get beat by this strategy and then realizing, oh no, it has four yeah. main deck containment priests. So maybe it doesn't get beat by this strategy. And just thinking I couldn't figure out a way to de- beat this deck in a week. Chances are most of the people at the tournament also were not going to be able to figure out how to beat the deck. In a week. Did you make any changes to it from the initial you saw, or...? uh Very, very few. I played right. maybe maybe the one of the exact main decks I found. There's kind of two mini versions of the White Eldrazi deck. Probably everyone's seen these decks by now, but just really quickly, White Eldrazi is sort of like a giant hate bear stack. Right. It uses Eldrazi Temple and Ancient Tombs to power out these uh, Thought Not Seers, Reality Smashers. White gives it Eldrazi Displacers, which sort of doesn't feel like a vintage card, but it really lets you, like control combats and kind of combos with a few of the other
1: cards well it has a big combo with containment priest
0: i did not understand the significance of displacer we may actually want to talk about how that works because i missed it
2: sure yeah and i have a feeling that whoever's listening to this is going to listen to or read six articles about Eldrazi right, yeah. this week, and they're going to hear this every time. But if this is your first one, you need to know it. Uh, Displacer is a three mana, three, three that you can pay three mana to like flick or something to make, to exile it, and then comes right back to play tapped. Yeah. Now, you can use that just to tap down blockers or stop them from attacking, but there are a few interactions. The biggest one is that if you have a containment priest out and the deck runs three or four containment Priest main deck, it flickers away, but it doesn't flicker back. Containment free stops things from coming into play if they haven't been cast. So it just kills things. Oh, God. Pay three mana, exile creature. Many times you want to. It does that automatically with tokens. You If you just pay three mana to kill
3: a Mentor token. Did that come up often where you had those two cards in play and you were at a point where you It didn't, actually. It, at the NYSE, the only time it came up was
2: I had them in my hand I had a Containment Priest in my hand, and I was playing the Mirror, and my opponent played a Displacer, so I couldn't play Containment Priest. Huh. <laughs> that, was, that was the only time it came up. It was, like, bad for me. But, like, I know it comes up for other people, and it was good to have that threat. Right. And I may not have gotten the matchups where it was good. But, yeah, there's also little things. You have creatures that come into play abilities. You have the Thought Not Seer, which, like, duresses when it comes into play, and you can flicker it to duress them again. Now, they draw a card every time it leaves play, and then they duress Thought Sees. It exiles a card every time it comes back. So they're not, you're not like locking them card disadvantage, but if you do it during their draw step, like, they're not going to get very many good cards. It's like playing the bendle and click every draw step. You can keep doing it until they have no good cards in their hand. And some versions of the deck I didn't run it runs Fear of the Labyrinth, which prevents the draw. So you can actually just lock them
0: out that way.
1: Oh, interesting. I hadn't even thought about that. I don't remember having seen that.
2: That's like a three-card, tons of mana combo, but it comes up. I mean, all the cards are good on their own.
0: That's the kind of stuff that we love here at Serious Vintage. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah.
2: right. Honestly, though, a lot of times it was just like, it was just like right on curve, right? It, right. Just because it costs two Eldrazi colorless. You play it off a Tomb or a Temple, and it's a 3-3, which is reasonable size for the format right now. So the two white Eldrazi lists, all the lists have all the cards I was talking about. One of the, well, some don't have the Containment Priest. Some run um, Iabugan and Eldrazi Mimics and Endless Ones to just sort of, like, attack with giant creatures. And the other version runs um, Wastelands instead of Iabugans and, like, Phyrexian Revokers. And that's the one I played. I liked, I kind of more familiar with that, like, locky. That kind of strategy. Half lock, half aggressive strategy. So I was more right. comfortable with that.
3: Well, yeah, I noticed that uh, some of the people playing White Eldrazi in the GP side events that uh, they may have been playing I, but they had trouble getting White Mana or they had to power out an early friend Wingmare. So they had a Cavern of Souls on Pegasus uh-huh. and it didn't do them any good later.
2: Yeah, the so- deck runs Cavern of Souls, but I think it's got like five creature types. It's crazy. <laughs> it's got a lot of Eldrazi, but then it has Thalia, which we haven't mentioned yet, but it's a huge important part of the deck. Thalia's, you're talking Lodestone Golem. It's amazing. Sure. And then Milus has Revokers and Friend Wingmires and Containment Priest, and they're all different creature types. But it doesn't come up that surprising. First, we'll talk about the good of the deck before I complain about anything. I mean, I I, I played an event. I went six oh two. So I didn't I didn't lose a match. I lost very few games in the Swiss.
3: Were both your draws intentional?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. So so I went into the top eight as the first ranking player, so I would be on the play all the way through. I did lose in the first round of the top eight. Um, I'm not gonna.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm oh, not going to complain player. about
2: bad beat stories. My opponent had very good draws, and there were still close games. But, I mean, he had very good draws because he's running all the power, and I was not running all the power. Right. So that's fine. So it was also pretty easy to play, I want to say. Um, it felt, like, very comfortable with the deck, even though I had literally never played it before, like, three days before the tournament, because I didn't yeah. know about it ten days before the tournament. Right. Pretty straightforward. I mean, there were there were decisions, but I have <laughs> definitely made – far bigger errors with decks I was more experienced with. Some people think of that as a bad thing. I think it's a very good thing in the deck. So I can't really complain about the performance of the deck. It was very powerful. A lot of people just got kind of steamrolled by it. The mana base is... This will be like a recurring theme. The mana base didn't fall apart for me, but it's not good. Um, (laughs) There's 30 mana sources in the deck. So lands plus mox is 30. 50% of your deck.
1: I know uh, Jake Hilty has been saying that you should cut Vryn Wingmare for um, Glow Rider because that at least shares another creature type. Yeah. It cuts one of your creature
2: types. Yeah, I mean, flying definitely came up for me. Sure, yeah. I, I realized where that would be good, too. And I never I never actually had trouble
0: casting the Wingmare, but oh. that doesn't
2: mean... I could have just gotten lucky,
0: right? That's yeah, true. I think that that's basically the discussion, is if you're playing Glow Rider instead of Vryn uh, Wingmare, then you drop a cavern on human and a, ca- and a cavern on Eldrazi right. and, and you're set. But... I mean, you're only playing, I, I don't know about your list. Jake said that his list had a total of six white sources in it, total.
2: Mm-hmm. I can probably have like yeah. seven, which is much better.
0: And that's, that, that can really, that can be tough yeah. if you want to cast, uh, if you want to cast. That's not creatures. including the caverns. That's true, that's not including the caverns, but if you drop a caverns on Pegasus, then you just. Then you don't have the caverns for Thalia. You basically Lotus pedaled that caverns. Yeah.
2: Well, no, because you still cast like Eldrazi off of it, but.
3: Yeah. But yeah,
1: it it, it hurts again. What kind of matchups did you face? I mean, were there any was there anything where you felt this was a good match, this was a poor match, this is where I got lucky, like Mentor felt pretty comfortable, though I wouldn't uh-huh. it wasn't a
2: blowout by any means. I mean I did Mentor was my one loss, but I also beat a very similar deck in the Swiss. Well, I actually I mean I played against my first turn were actually against Belcher, against Blue <laughs> Belcher. And oh. <laughs> I beat them. I had a lot of lock pieces, but the way I built my deck I had a lot of those cards that are pretty good against Storm and not so great against Belcher. I went in with a, with a game plan against Combo. My game plan against Combo involved Tormod Scripts and Aegis of the Gods. You don't pour it in Tormod Scripts against Belcher and Aegis is like a time walk, which you're not going to be upset about, but it's not, it's right. not what you want. Right. I did not play against Workshops or Workshop Thought Not. Oh, interesting. I heard that it is a terrible matchup for the deck. Yeah. I think that might be it might be a bad matchup with a small sample size. I doubt right. it's as bad as people are letting on. I mean the White Eldrazi deck has the displacers which can run the board in the creature yeah. game and G Do you have crucibles in your list? I don't. Crucible a card that like would have been cool, uh right. Metamorph is a card that I just would have loved to have had. Yeah. Just the ability to copy either a thorn or a thought knot, just just or a reality smasher,
1: it's just yeah. gonna be amazing. So I played Tribal Eldrazi, which is Jason Jaco's colorless Eldrazi. I mean, it's it's all Eldrazi cards. You're leaning very heavily on the Eldrazi lands and Cavern of Souls, and then he's got it's powerless entirely. The most expensive cards are Null Rods and Ancient Tombs, and um, I guess Caverns and Wastelands. But I, I played that at a side event at the GP where he had 28 players, and I went 4-0, and then lost my last match against Thought Not Seer Shops. I'd already beaten Thought Not Seer shops once, where I basically we were playing the same sort of game, and all of my creatures were bigger than his, so I hmm. won. And then round five, he had Crucible and Wasteland on turn one or two. It was early, yeah. both both games, two and three. My mana base couldn't stand up to it. Like I, I basically had two mana the entire game and couldn't cast anything. <laughs> anything substantial
0: in a deck like that i mean do you have any basics to protect you i, I don't
1: have basics the cards that i do have i do have uh, phyrexia metamorphs that would copy his crucible i also oh, have sure. a crucible okay. of my own in the deck so it's it's sort and, of I'm, sweet, I'm sure that you had draws right that beat that i would imagine right. if you oh yeah, a, yeah well in, in game one eye of ugin uh, with multiple endless ones yeah no, in, in game one i think he actually had the same draw but i had eye of ugin two El mimics and a endless one that I played for two. So I had six power on the board <laughs> immediately and just ran him yep. over.
2: Yep. That's not so
1: bad. No, it was great. But what I realized after the, after the match was that I should have boarded in my ley lines. I had ley lines of the void and mm. I could have, I could have shut off his recursion potentially. I mean, that's, I mean, and that and deck has our brown average or two, so it wouldn't, uh, right. It would it would serve multiple roles there. Yeah, it would have have a couple of roles, although the the wastelands were the most important. You know, I played against I played against the white Eldrazi deck and it the colorless list felt good. I mean I, I felt like all of my creatures were bigger and stronger than his and it really would have just come down to whether he got displaced or active, uh, which he never did.
2: Yeah, if you're if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably seen the Jayco list already, but where where the white Eldrazi deck is sort of yeah. this uh hate bears that's been like just pumped up to the extreme, I yeah. feel like we mentioned this before. I feel like Jacob's deck is sort of that's this. It's it's kind of a snoppy deck, but it's this
1: really good version of it. It feels like the first actual aggro vintage deck that I've seen in a long time. I mean, like you're you're really just throwing out big creatures and trying to race your opponent. Like you have a few ways to slow him down. Like I mentioned, the null rods. There's a chalice the- and, and null rod in. A pure aggro deck is yes. classic vintage, right? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's totally normal, and you know it, it feels very aggro. I mean, like you're, I've I definitely had the the opener of you know play a couple of Eldrazi mimics and then play Reality Smasher, and like, do you have an answer? No. Okay. Well, you're dead. So
0: after because I was playing Jake's Whitelist, and that's the that's got Thalia's glow riders. That was really good against his deck. He was playing, I think, something blue that I was rolling over because he could never cast any spells due to Thalia and Glow Riders and Thorns. But, man, I feel like if you pair that white list up against the color list, you're going to get rolled. Yeah.
1: The matchup felt very much in my favor. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's more creatures. They're bigger creatures. Right. We don't care about the lock pieces that the other player has. Right. Like I, Like I said, it comes down to Displacer, basically. And he did have one game where he was able to displace or away a Endless 1 and remove its counters and kill it.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, other than that, it was just like, I'm running you over. <laughs> and I, I played against Dredge, which is an interesting matchup because the, at least the colorless list has a ton of ways to remove bridges. You can play an Endless 1 for 0. I know that's the big one. Right, Endless 1 for 0. Eldrazi Mimic can copy an Endless 1 and have 0 counters on it. Or become a 0 rather. It has Warping Whale, which can play a 1-1... And then sack it. ...Heldrazi yeah. spawn and sack it. Warping Whale can also exile a Bloodghast or an Icarid, which is kind of neat. <laughs> I mean, it's just it has some really weird kind of tricks against Dredge. Uh, I mean, I got I feel like I got lucky game one against Dredge and beat it, but I mean, game two, I have all those plus four Ley Lines and four Grafdigger's Cages, and... That felt good. And then the um, round four, I played against blue, white, red Pyromancer list, a Delver list. And that was a really fun, interactive matchup. I think we we sort of both had one of those games where you just sort of run over your opponent. Like, he had one where he opened with Delver and Pyromancer and just killed me. And I had one where I just opened with Eldrazi and killed him. And then we had one that was kind of back and forth, like we were both playing Removal. He played Dak Ultimate. And would have been able to steal Eldrazi if he'd found a lightning bolt, but um, he d- wasn't able to. Uh, it was it was it was a really fun match. Uh, I would I would look forward to playing that more just for the the fun of playing it. Yeah, I, I found myself um, playing White Eldrazi. I want to say exercising
2: magic muscles like that oh yeah. in a while. Yeah, I mentioned that to one of my opponents too. Yeah, you have to do things that you learn in limited. Right. In my top eight match, which which knocked me out, I still had uh, a turn where I, I still don't know if I made the, the right play. Players who are better than me have told me I made the right play, but I'm still not sure. I had a, a complicated attack. My opponent had Monastery Mentor and a couple tokens, and I had a bunch of creatures, some of which had Trample, and I had to figure out, do I leave black any blockers, do so I attack with everything? Oh, yeah. If I attack with everything, he was forced to block some of my creatures, but I, I wasn't sure if he had to block enough that he would have to swing back. So that, that, just deciding which of these creatures to attack with was... Right. You know, the toughest decision I, I certainly made in that game, if not the match or the tournament, which is not usually the hardest decision you make in a vintage tournament. Right. Yeah. It's
1: like, oh, it do attack with everything? Or just these,
2: or like which creature to leave back to block, which is interesting.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's been a lot of fun. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. I think the, the tribal list especially is very interesting. It's a budget option for people who have a legacy collection or a modern collection even. It's really not an expensive list, and if you wanted to swap out some of the more more oddball choices like Null Rod, I'm sure you could find a replacement that would fit in your budget. It might not be as good as Null Rod, obviously, but... Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's worth repeating, and people have said a bunch of times, like, this deck was
2: designed to be powerless. So, so right. Jason Jaco, who made the deck, has one of the top, like, absurd vintage collections yeah. of, like, people I've ever met. Like, he has power. He probably yeah. has lots of extra power I don't know about if he wanted to play moxes, if he thought for a second that the deck was better with extra moxes
1: or even a mana crypt or a Lotus, he would have run them. Right. Yeah. There's, there's not a mana crypt. There's not a soul ring. And if you look at the photo he posted of the deck that he played, like it's all altered stuff. I mean, the deck is still worth a ton of money to him, but um, I mean, like literally I bought all of the Eldrazi cards for a hundred dollars. And, and that was it. I mean, like that's, that's the entire deck.
2: Yeah, it's this holy
1: grail that people have been looking for for a long time, which is it is a vintage deck that happens to be budget. It's not a budget vintage deck. It's interesting in that regard, too, because I think there's a lot of vintage players who could have it built as a second deck and loan it out to people. Hey, I'm going to a vintage tournament. You want to come? I have Eldrazi built. I would I would go to that tournament. Oh, yeah. I hadn't thought about that, but totally. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, all, all of your artifact mana becomes so bad as soon as you play your first Null right. Rod. I mean, you, what, have six yeah. dead draws in your deck?
1: All of your top decks. And you here. have
2: 11 lands to provide two mana to you? Right, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they'd all cast Null Rod in turn one, but... Right. I, I haven't played a deck enough, or really at all, but certainly not enough to, like, generate an opinion on, like, oh, maybe Mana Crypt would be right. I don't know. Right. Um, I would certainly test that if I were playing the deck, but, like, I tend to think... It's, it's not like uh, Jason just threw the deck together. He's been working right. on it for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was not an accident that it doesn't have any power in it.
1: The other place that we're seeing Eldrazi is Thought Not Seer Shops, which I think feels more like a vintage deck because it's pretty much Shops minus Lodestone plus Thought Not Seer. Yeah, it looks a lot like the Ravager Shops list that we've seen off and on
2: before they restricted the Chalice, after they restricted the Chalice. It's got, like, four Ravagers, I think four Triskelions, which is, like, even aggressive for those decks. Right. But you know, all those Shops cards, crucibles, tangle wires. Yeah. Big mana. And just the only Eldrazi, I think, in most of these lists are just four Thought Knots here.
1: Yeah, that's the only thing I've seen, I think.
2: Yeah. And then four Eldrazi Temples, I think where most decks would have like a Mistress Factory. And this deck, I think, objectively right now has been doing the best out of these decks. That's the best finishes. Now we they have- won the NYSE, right? Yeah, they won the NYSE. So, so I top aided with White Eldrazi and there was another White Eldrazi somewhere in the top 16, but I think three of these Thought not seer decks were at least within the top like 12 and then one of them won so this is this is the one to watch out for now now i haven't i played against this i haven't played with it we have such so little data now that it's i don't want to say definitively like oh this is the good one i think all three of these lists have a lot of potential right but right now i think the most damning piece of evidence is not that it won and the white aldrazi deck didn't win but that if you look at uh on on the mana grant drain some people put up a metagame analysis (laughs) <laughs> his all my name is Chubby Rain, but I don't, I don't remember his oh, yeah, actual remember name, but name. uh, put up a uh, metagame analysis where they, they would do this for a bunch of tournaments, is great, where they break down like every archetype, how much it beat every other archetype.
1: Yeah,
2: And it's not just that Thought Not Seer stats has a great win percentage in general, it beat the crap out of White Eldrazi. I don't know if it got paired against the Tribal Eldrazi list, but it's it's got similar matchups across the field, except as White Eldrazi, except when they get paired against each other, White Eldrazi loses. And that right there is, Makes it kinda of tough to, to want
1: to play the White Eldrazi list. Right.
2: Yeah. But I think that could change.
1: Yeah, it's probably just a matter of adjusting White Eldrazi. I mean, like I said, the, the tribal list felt like it had answers to this. Like and I could certainly I mean Jacob suggested cutting a, a metamorph for a crucible mm-hmm. in the main. Mm-hmm. Like I could certainly do more of that. And I mean there's 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 other answers, but
2: Yeah, I think if White Eldrazi interested me, I mean not only because I played it, but um right. because it has color mana. Once people start adjusting things, it has the most potential to, it can bring in the most cards. Right. The workshops, Thought here can basically only bring in artifacts and, hmm. and other Eldrazi. And, um, the budget tribal Eldrazi deck can only bring in artifacts that cost like two or less, right. right? It's, it's even more restrictive. But the white Eldrazi lists, it doesn't even have to be white. It would be pretty trivial to swap out your white mana for like a dual land or a pain land. Why aldrazi has a problem with shops run serenities i don't know yeah you have options but you know that's that doesn't mean that you can find the answers to the other decks and also continue to beat the decks that you do and also don't just fall apart to your own
1: terrible mana right in many cases you're still looking at a list that doesn't have a draw engine and can't tutor so yeah absolutely you kind of have to board in a lot to make it worthwhile almost that's sort of what we're looking at in the next section here is now that Eldrazi are a thing, what can we do about them? And obviously Brassman and I sort of went with the idea of, well, we'll just play Eldrazi until something happens. And I think that, that actually seems like a fair and fun way to deal with it.
0: Yeah, I think that certainly playing Eldrazi to beat Eldrazi, especially, I mean, what we're already seeing there is that you have... A white Eldrazi deck that's really good on beating up against the rest of the format, but perhaps not so well-tuned against this new dude-centric world that's coming on. But, uh, Josh, it seems like you, the deck that you and Jimmy built for the Vintage event at the GP, did pretty well against Eldrazi. You looked like you were always losing, (laughs) but then you ended up winning a lot.
3: I don't know what the big deal is. I mean, every Eldrazi deck I faced all weekend, I won in the event. I played against one in four rounds.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But you did, Um, you did work on this deck with Eldrazi in mind.
3: Yeah, yeah. So we played, it's a, it's a kind of a bug control deck, but it has a little more creatures than normal. So Snapcaster Mages, Trigon Predators, Baleful Strix was
1: excellent. Gurmag Angler.
3: Um, and Gurmag Angler was also excellent. Um, it was able to kind of fight against the land destruction. So the mana base plays a basic swamp the only basic land in the main deck, and that was pretty helpful in letting me cast a Gurmag Angler after my other lands are stripped for one black. Played a Dismember in the main deck. That was pretty good. And then another Dismember and Murderous Cut in the sideboard. The Dread of Night in the sideboard against White Eldrazi would have been really good if I boarded it in, but I wanted to challenge, so I ended up beating it without that because I forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> what did you
2: plan on boarding in that you didn't remember did to do? Dread of Night. It's interesting because Dread of Knight, it's great against Vern Wingmare and it kills Thalia. It weirdly, I didn't realize this, it, it doesn't make Eldrazi Displacement smaller because it's technically colorless because it has Devoid. Right. Um, and it doesn't do anything about Thought Knots, but it's kind of like, I could see decks where Dread of Knight doesn't help you at all. And then other decks where all you want to do is kill Thalias and Wingmares, and it's the best thing you could right. possibly have.
3: Yeah. And I think, I think it would have been good in the matchup because I think the White Eldrazi deck had four Containment Priest, Four Thalia and two Wingmare would be my guess. Mm-hmm. Being able to block Containment Priest with Deathrite Shaman would have been great. And then just flat out killing six other cards.
2: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I think it's not something that you could just say, this card's going to get all Eldrazi, but I think if you have the right list, and I think your list could be the right list,
1: it makes perfect sense. Well, and you're certainly not going to turn it down. if it's, I mean, it's got to be better than something else in your deck, right?
3: Right. Yes, I mean, sideboarding was a little iffy for me. I... I I had never played the deck before we built it at two in the morning so I didn't feel super strong sideboarding but I also painful truth painful truth is great I drew a bunch of cards with that
2: did you ever get to um, draw an extra card because of the uh,
1: thorn orthalia
0: didn't get to four
1: I only got to three uh, well three still good
0: there's always next time
1: so but uh but you were playing Baleful Strix and Gurmag Angler. I mean, those are those seem like really good aggro cards against someone who's not playing creatures. Well, okay, Gurmag Angler seems like a good aggro card against someone who's not playing creatures. But, I mean, those seem like good answers against decks that are playing large creatures that you need to get rid of. I assume those were chosen specifically with uh, Eldrazi in mind?
3: Yes. We wanted to be able to block and kill something with 5 toughness. And right. Strix, you know, that that was great. I mean, that stalemated a lot of combat when I played that, and I also attacked for one a lot. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that's just the way the deck was
1: built. Well, and you I mean, it's not its not really a fish deck. You're calling it control in the sense that, you know, you're going to take control of the game and then finish however you can, which may be sort of a mishmash of tiny things and death right shamans. And uh, every once in a while you'll have Gurmag Angler. Right, which
3: is why I think, you know, Jeff mentioned he was watching my games or would watch games, and it's like, oh, man, he's doomed. And then you stabilize, and then you just... Take control and slowly win the game. Right.
0: Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah, when, um, in the past, when I've been worried about aggro decks and vintage, I, I sort of have like, have like a go-to strategy of playing a creature that's like a, just a little bit slower and a little bit better than their cards. Right. Like Tarmogoyf was a classic example of this back when aggro decks weren't running Tarmogoyf. You could play it and block their creatures and play a game better than they could. Stoneforge right. Mystic does this in Legacy sometimes. People a million years ago ran Flame Tongue I've run all kinds of crazy stuff that that, fire imp. Yeah. Fire imp. (laughs) I like running things that are like, even, you know, like one or two mana too expensive to beat like a regular player with. But if your opponent's playing creatures, it's a little bit slower, beats them up on master of the fells. (laughs) It's crazy. But, um, I looked at that approach with Eldrazi and I realized you can't do that. There's no four drop creature that is bigger than a three drop Eldrazi because a three drop Eldrazi is reality smasher. Right. When Eldrazi taps three lands to play a creature, it's a 5-5 five, five with haste that's immune to removal. Right, Your amazing overpowered four-drop, like Flame Dome Kabu or whatever it is, doesn't, doesn't even it. beat that. The, <laughs> you, can't, you can't run a three-drop that beats their Thought-Not-Seer, which is their two-drop, right? right? That is that is the two-drop play in the deck, is a 4-4 that duresses you. So you can't even... Even if you right. had a three-drop that beats it, it takes another hand. But Gurmag and something I didn't even think about. That's like maybe the only creature... That is kind of their size that you can
1: realistically class in a deck that isn't designed right. to cast Eldrazi. Did your deck play uh, Caracas, perhaps, man? Right? Uh, the Eldrazi deck, yeah. The yeah, because, I mean, Gurmag Angler gets around that where, what's his name? Tasikur. Tasikur doesn't.
2: Yeah. And is a 4-5. It and and It's a 4-5, sure. which isn't big enough. Yeah, I mean, it's great against Thawnaut Sierra. It's probably really good right. in the matchup. But, yeah, the Caracas and the and the 5-5. Five, five. And right. then also, right. Bale for Strix is sort of, it, it, it's not... It's not a three drop, it's not a two drop that crushes their deck, but it is like, it's as good as the cards they're playing. It gets you a card back, and it kills one of their guys, which, I mean... And because they're creatures, they come down through uh, Thorns and Thalias.
3: Yeah, that was relevant,
1: definitely. Yeah. That sounds like a neat strategy. Yeah. I think, um, well, we've been talking, too, about decks, big mana control decks playing things like removal, uh, or uh, playing things like... Board sweepers like Wrath of God or something like that too, and mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. one of the issues with that is that Thought Knots here comes down before those and gets them out of your hand. Yeah, which is interesting. It's... unless you unless you're committing to playing a deck with so many of them, right?
2: That they're that's that unreasonable that to, to top to have two or to top deck one after they play right. it, and
1: you could do that. That could be the strategy. Will Wingler has been talking about playing Counterbalance top and having Terminus in his deck. Yeah, and I feel like Terminus itself. While counterbalance itself doesn't seem that great against yeah. <laughs> the deck, terminus seems yeah, right. Strong. Well, and it, it's something you would keep on top with Sensei's dividing top, and yeah. eventually draw it when you need it and take out yeah. two or three or four of their creatures. I, I think that's sort of interesting. I, I, I'm interested to see where vintage will go if decks start playing main deck board sweepers in mass.
0: I think that we in vintage have sort of gotten away from thinking about that. I mean I look at I look at aggro boards all the time and it's just everyone is very overextended. They're playing out all their dudes right. in an, in any other format that's gonna expose you to like a board sweeper that's gonna blow you out. But in vintage you don't have to worry about it. But what if you did?
1: Yeah. yeah. Well it's it's interesting because the board sweeper that everyone's used to playing against is Hercules Recall.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, fair. And
1: and now nobody has to play again. like Horkles is Call <laughs> isn't that matter. good because there are, these Eldrazi decks are immune to it in a lot of cases. Like they're just yeah. Even the shop stack where the Hercules is good,
2: it still leaves behind. Thought not a, see hear. Right, yeah.
3: But it's gonna you're gonna you're gonna have a really hard time rapping away an Eldrazi board when you have to pay right. six mana for your wrath. Like you're probably yeah yeah, so, yeah
2: so so totally supreme verdict for instance like right. would be good if it wasn't for thorns right and it's a shame because supreme verdict is a, is a totally solid card against mentor right you weren't seeing people run three of them but it was it was a fine card but it's just sort of on the edge maybe like a landstill deck could run it um, something like a really strong mana base that could hold them off for a little bit I'm really curious about moats I think it's, uh, it's a matter of time before someone breaks moat. In a way that scares me, because I'm always playing decks that would just scoop
1: to a moat. Right. Well, you got friend Wingmare. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too worried <laughs> about it. I think you can handle one wing mirror. you know? The answer we're sort of looking for in this sort of mass removal thing is probably balance, which is cheap enough to get under spheres. And the unfortunate thing, obviously, is that it's restricted. But the hypothetical is... If they unrestrict un- balance, wizards. Yeah, if they unrestrict balance, doesn't White Eldrazi <laughs> play balance? <laughs> yeah,
2: I think it would. Yep, Probably. <laughs> I've had a little not success with the balance. It I agree is. with what you're saying. Balance is a card have always sort of...
1: Hypothetically, it seems good, but right now, eh, I
2: don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we could transition to a deck that I played recently, it, you know, a 3-1 on uh Vintage Daily, it's not an amazing finish, but I, I, the deck felt strong, was a, was an Esper Mentor deck. I tried a bunch of really crazy cards, just to see how they were, uh, like a bunch of absurd one-ups, to see what happened when I drew them. And balance is not an absurd one up, but I ran it main deck and I was like super disappointed with it. I, mm. I drew it like four times in the tournament and never passed yeah. it. Every time I drew it, it would have helped my opponent more than me.
1: Yeah, I've I've sort of felt that way too because I, I mean, I've been, I have Metro decks together all the time and I've had balance in a few of them and it, it's exactly what you're saying. You find it and it's like, I'm going to let this sit in my hand because I'm not going to do anything else with it. Like sometimes it's right to play. Like right. you
2: need to kill their creatures, but they have no cards in hand and right. you're probably going to lose. If you play it, like, you have to do it, and maybe you win, but, like, you don't come back from that as fast as they do.
1: Right. So, but, I mean, it's it's interesting that you're still playing Mentor. I mean, that, that seems like the idea of just continue playing good cards. I mean, like, you beat Eldrazi because you have Ancestral Recall and Time Walk and Monastery Mentor, which is obviously good and gush. And... Yeah, I mean, being on the play is pretty huge.
2: Right. If you can get a Mox, like, dude, just naturally drawing a Mentor and playing it through. Even, there, even like, a very strong opening of theirs of, like, turn one, Thorn, turn two, Thalia. You can right. just play a Mentor on turn three if you have it, and it's still pretty solid. Now, Aldrazi can win through that easier than Shops can because Reality Smasher kind of walks over Mentor tokens if you can't, like, pump them up a bunch of times in response. Right. They have large creatures that don't – you can't attack Revokers into Monks, but you can attack Displacers into
1: Monks. Mm-hmm. But it's still uh, – an early Mentor is very strong, and, and all the Thorns in the world don't stop it. When I was playing against the Pyromancer deck, it felt like he had to expend a lot to answer my creatures, and then by the time I got one in play, his Pyromancer couldn't do much because he didn't have any cards in hand. And I feel like it would be similar with Mentor, where it's like, they still have to fight you somehow, and then you land a creature and they have a Monastery Mentor, and they don't have the resources to put into the Monk to make tokens and pump. Yeah, I mean, that definitely
2: can happen. I mean, that's why it's not clear-cut. Like, uh, a mentor early Mentor's good, but it's not. It's not a win. Right. I have been having some success and I, I've been doing this a little bit before when it was just tribal Aldrazi and, and white Aldrazi hadn't really shown up yet. And there were some of the shops lists taking a mentor list. Uh, now I'm on Asper Mentor before it was just guy mentor and sort of saying my shops hate is going to be all sorts of plowshares. Mm-hmm. So I've been playing decks with no artifact destruction in them and. Was
1: pleasantly surprised to still feel like I had a favorable workshop matchup. Right, because you can, you can remove the few creatures that they have and play through their spheres over time. Like,
0: yeah. And then get blown out by Crucible and Smokestack. Oh, well, of. I mean, that, no one's playing Crucible right? Smokestack, right. so that's,
1: that's
2: the
3: beauty of it.
0: Not until they listen to this podcast. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and if they do, then it will, it will be immediately wrong to play like a five or six Swords of the that. stack. Right, right.
0: I believe that's illegal, Brassman. The <laughs> the max number of source-to-plowshares you can play in a deck is four. Yeah, but Path to a, Exile.
2: <laughs> four source-to-plowshares shares <laughs> zero to four Path to Exile deck. Or actually start with Path to Exile, depending on your deck.
0: Yeah. You're getting ice cream for this, Brassman.
1: Soft <laughs> serve Day for left. everyone. Well, I, I think another one of the answers that we really haven't talked about is trying to hit them at the mana base. And that's sort of what we looked at when we uh, I talked about my experience against Thought not to your shops was that I was looking mm-hmm, the wastelands, mm-hmm. and you can hit the Eldrazi lands more aggressively because they get shut off by things like Blood Moon or Magus of the Moon, and even Painter Servant, which makes things not colorless and therefore they can't be cast off of Temple. Yeah, now you can still tap the Temple for one mana. So right, you're just you're just cutting them off of one mana, but that can help. Yeah, right. I mean, they're still somewhere, and and if they do have colorless required costs, the uh, puckered butthole mana. Yeah. <laughs> then, you, then you do shut off all of that because they.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. You,
1: you only have red mana and can't play a colorless. Yeah, with with blood moon, I, I am horrified.
2: When I played Eldrazi, I was horrified to run into a blood moon deck.
0: No one's done it yet. Yeah. <laughs> do all of the Eldrazi take a puckered butthole mana?
2: No. Thought not. Seer and Reality Smasher do. Yeah. They're the most important ones. Endbringer. bringer. Ed Reiner does uh, Displacer doesn't but it needs white Endless One does not record. Endless One does not yeah. Mimic does not but I mean if, if you can play a card that stops them from playing all their Thoughtouts and all the Reality Smashers yeah. the other cards are significant, right? yeah you're already ahead and if you get the Bloodman down on turn one or two they're probably not casting the other ones either Right, right. Mm-hmm. or they're tapping their Eye of Ugin and their Eldrazi Temple and their Ancient Tomb to make a three-three endless one instead of a six-six endless one. Right,
1: like an early Blood Moon. I mean, looking beyond the Eldrazi matchup for the rest of the format, an early Blood Moon is good against things like Gush. And I mean, a lot of times you can cut a blue deck completely off a blue mana by turning off fetch lands and leaving them without an actual island in play. I mean, it sort of depends on whether they're expecting you to have Blood Moon or not. But yeah, yeah you should get like one free win yeah yeah right or at least the tournament if not the match yeah yeah, yeah. Um, i mean but this so we're looking at decks like blue moon or i mean we could go back to uh mono red shops i think we haven't discovered the blood moon deck yeah. yeah i don't think so blood Moon feels like this monstrous card but blue moon i mean let's be honest some people have been playing it it's not really winning a lot well and it lost chalice like that was a huge yeah uh, thing for it too Uh, shutting off things at one and obviously it has the advantage of shutting off all the moxes that it doesn't run to. but Uh uh there are drawbacks to blood moon right it's a it's an expensive card
2: that doesn't do anything like if your opponent already has a mentor out i can't think of much worse than like tapping three lands to play a blood moon yeah but there's got to be some deck out there that like uniquely plays to the strengths and downplays the disadvantages i haven't seen it yet but there's an opportunity there
1: right Yeah, I I think it's I think it's possible. Like Nam Tran and I have been talking about various mono red shops lists. And obviously, we go back to the past to to try and see what's what was good back then and bring it forward. I, I think it's interesting. I think there's some options there. I have a list put together that has Magus of the Moon and Painter Servant Grindstone, which you know has all the benefits and drawbacks of being a mono red shops list, but. Yeah, I mean, and and when I hear Painter, I think of the,
2: like, the Painter combo control decks. But if you're playing Painter along with Wastelands, the fact that you're cutting him off of that, that one-out Judge Temple Mander, it cuts off Eye of Ugin entirely.
1: Right. If you waste their Ancient Tomb and now they have a Temple and an Ugin, that's... Painter's amazing. right? If you're looking at Painter in a deck, too, I mean, you can look at two-card Monty. I mean, Ben Perry has been playing that as sort of a dominate-the-format sort of thing where you just sort of play out these two co- uh, two combos that you have, the uh, Painter, Servant, and Grindstone or Leyline and Helm of Obedience just knock them out. And then, I mean, you have, with the Painter in the main deck and Leyline in the main deck, you have certain advantages against particular archetypes, namely Eldrazi and Dredge. Like, mm-hmm. Though I would not want to play against the 4 null Rod Builds. Yeah right yeah that, that. right,
2: but you could run main deck artifact destruction. It's not like you don't have red mana.
1: Yeah, and I I know that. Uh, so Ben played that at three out of the four tournaments at the GP, and I know he stopped or he he played through at least one null rod. I think he'll probably have a report up too that will
3: mm-hmm. tell
1: of all his exploits. But
3: oh, I don't I don't want to. Um, I, I think it's an interesting option
1: here. What's that? The the null rod. He
3: I let him kill my null rod.
1: Oh yeah, it was you.
3: <laughs> yeah, it was me. I'm not very good at this game. (laughs) I could have sacked my Deathrite shot and to Flashback Cabal Therapy to take his Pyroblast, but I didn't do that.
1: And Pyroblast blew
2: up your Null Rod. Yep. Uh On the on the quick topic of cards that are good against Eldrazi but bad against Null Rod, the one card I'm, like, firmly behind because I've tested this and it's the real deal is Engineered Explosives. Oh, yeah. Has just been very good for me. I've mostly tested against the White Eldrazi deck. I think it's pretty strong against the Shops Eldrazi deck, too. Hmm. They have so many Storms and Spheres. Oh, yeah. The ability to come down under them and kill them is huge. The White Eldrazi deck also has Containment Breeze, Revokers, Thalias. Right. Yeah, you can take out a lot of two drops at once. Yeah. I think that, in combination with a plan to answer the big creatures, because if right. you're just answering the big creatures, you lose to the Thorns. Right. That's That's
1: been really good. Though, the four and rod version, obviously, it will be worse against that. I think my other uh, option for beating Eldrazi and I played this on Saturday at the GP, was to sort of ignore them and play a fast combo deck. I played Rogue-Hermit combo, which is Balustrade Spy and Undercity Informer emptying your deck into your graveyard and getting back Azami and Lab Man and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. winning without a library. Honestly, that that plan worked really well (laughs) against Eldrazi, uh, except for the time that my opponent had Containment Priest in response to my Dread Return. Ah, which, which I completely forgot about. But I think the idea of playing a fast combo is good against them. And I you know, I've had some experience with this when I was playing Belcher for many years. Just the idea that the harder matchup is still gonna be a blue deck rather than a shops deck that has spheres and needs a turn to play them. Like you still get a lot of wins just because you're being active and threatening on turn one. So, I mean, I, I would look to play something like Belcher. I mean, Blue Belcher seems good. I like Red-Green Belcher because it's more consistent. I don't know if the Dark Petition Storm lists are that fast. You, I mean, you really need to do something turn one or two. Turn two at the very latest, I would say. There's combos out there. Ad nauseum is probably reasonable. Burning Oath would be something I would look at. I feel like I'd be too scared. Oh, Containment Priest. <laughs> uh, well, Containment Priest and just all the, all the spheres, so many lock pieces.
0: Yeah. With, like, Belcher, you're trying to get in before those spheres get on the line. If you're playing something like Storm, like Dark Petition Storm, that's not really, like, it's not really built to win on turn one like Belcher is, and that means that you're going to have to deal with the sphere.
2: I did beat Belcher twice
1: and every post game that had a line of Anticipation play. I think Leyland of Anticipation might be a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, like I said, I haven't, uh, I played two games against White Eldrazi and one of the matches I completely beat him and the other I lost just because, like I said, I I would have beaten, actually, there, there was one game where I would have beaten him if I had led with Belcher and then followed up with Balustrade Spy, but I led with Balustrade Spy and followed up with Belcher and I never found activation mana for Belcher
2: in these games if you had like a thorn or a thalia instead of the containment priest. Yeah. I win that game. <laughs> I mean the deck is not as consistent at dropping those turmoil lock pieces as the shops was. Right. That's important. Like right. I dropped turmoil lock pieces in most of my games at NYSE, but it's it's not built to do that right anywhere near as consistently.
1: Yeah, and I like I said, I think that's that's something you could take advantage of. Like, obviously it's risky and you still have to play a whole bunch of other matches against other decks, but I don't know. I'm willing to try it. I like Belcheck so.
0: So what's the singular of Eldrazi? Eldrazo.
2: <laughs> we, we, we talked about this a lot before the stream started. I like Eldrazo is my favorite, and I like it both because it's a great word and because it convinces you to say Eldrazi
1: instead of Eldrazi. It, it really it brings the uh, Eldrazi the European flair to the decks. So I think yeah. Eldrazi, Eldrazo. <laughs> Attack with my Eldrazzo. I don't remember if Wizards has weighed in on the plural of Eldrazi. It's, it's, I Googled it. I couldn't find it. It's probably Eldrazi. I like also – well, I like Eldrazzo
2: the Bass. Yep. I think there's an argument be made for Eldrazos. Yeah. As in you have a fungi and a fungus. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So you have multiple Eldrazi and one Eldrazos. Yeah, it's not as much fun though, is it? <laughs> it's also – It's a little stilted. Eldraziopotamus. Eldrazi I'm not
0: getting that by. Do we know if, like, Aldrazi culture has a singular? You mean like if they Do only they, show up oh, in
1: number? I, well, I,
2: I don't well, right,
0: think, right. Do they only refer to themselves as the plural? I don't think,
2: they're, I don't think that they're a hive mind. I think that there's different
0: okay. – well, some of them
2: know. have names.
0: That's true. That's true. Some of them have names. Yeah.
2: But I've heard, now, this is, this is where some Vorthoses are going to be listening to my podcast and, and, and hate this. But I've heard, basically, they've tried to say, because, you know, like, the fact that you can kill Emrakul with, like, a bunch of 1-1 flyers is, like, silly. Like, he's supposed to be, like, this otherworldly planeswalker-eating god. That when there are- Welcome like, to magic? Yeah, <laughs> I know. The, but the Eldrazi <laughs> cards are not the Eldrazi. Like, the Eldrazi are, like, four-dimensional beings. Mm. And the Eldrazi that you see in the game are like manifestations the of their power. shadow yeah. of them which what which ever? could be i like... <laughs> just say But I'm saying that that the like Emrakul in Shandalar, you know, could be multiples, right? It could be like multiple it could be the Eldrazi of Emrakul. Oh. I don't think that's he, it. He's I'm too Emrakul
0: cool to actually be on the battlefield. Too
2: Emrakul for two Emrakul.
0: Mm. Yeah. That's dumb. You're dumb. Yeah, this, this so is We were talking about
2: other magic prefixes because I just learned about stridges.
1: Oh, stridges, stridges,
0: stridges—the
2: <laughs> plural of baleful Strix. Yeah, baleful yeah, stridges But yes, it's not strixes. It is a real word with a real plural.
1: Stridges.
0: Yep. That's strange. And you said that they did—they officially came out and and talked about the plural of tarmogoyf.
1: I think uh, in the past they have been asked about the plural of Tarmogoyf, and Wizard says it's Tarmogoyfs with an S. Is it really? I think it only makes sense to me that it's Tarmogoyfs. Yeah, Uh, obviously. I mean, wolf, wolves, Tarmogoyf, Tarmogoyfs. It only makes sense. Do you think that it's Lurgoyfs? Obviously. Yes. Fair enough. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I I hadn't actually heard this before, but when you said it to me, it's it's definitely a more pleasing
1: sounding word. It makes sense. I'm, you know, uh, it's defensible. I'm not interested in other pronunciations. <laughs> I just refuse. In <laughs> fact, if your opponent plays a second Tarmogoyf and says Tarmogoyfs, you just punch him. I've seen, I've seen <laughs> him do it. You don't really need to do that unless you're passionate about it, like I am. But
2: <laughs> no, we're not saying that you, the the audience, should do it. We're just explaining what happens if you play against one of us.
1: I'm just <laughs> if if I play if I play a thought Thought Not Seer and two Tarmogoyfs. I'm going to attack with another aldratto and two tarmogoyves. That's all. <laughs> there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, you're going to you're going to take like 14.
3: I'm going to block <laughs> <with> my screeches <Strix. laughs> with a
1: strict <laughs> <laughs> With
2: your screeches. Uh, are there any other good vintage plurals? I know there's like a lot of them, but I I, I can't think of any. Well, uh, well, there's the classic is big debate over what the plural of mox is. Oh yeah, actually,
1: that is important.
0: Yeah, that
2: is, is I don't, it, I don't know. I mean,
0: I, so, so if I say that I always just thought that it was Moxon and that was like a done deal, am I exposing myself as like some sort of hater? I don't know. Who no, like I mean, I, I
2: like Moxon yeah. too. I
0: think I think the official is just moxes. Yeah, I think my preference is
2: actually
1: moxes. But
0: Where did where did get, Moxen come from?
1: Well I think because ox Yeah, ox oxen. The plural of ox is oxen. Oh but I mean, you know, the plural of box is boxes. So it's not Boxen? it's not boxen, oxen? <laughs> no. Like I I keep my magic cards in several boxes. Not no, no. I keep oh, I know.
0: From now on, I'm keeping my magic cards in, in multiple boxes. <laughs> well,
1: sometimes on the weekend, people go boxing.
0: <laughs> That's true.
1: <laughs> I go to the beach and skip rocks. <laughs> I always enjoy the good old Loxon and bagels. But... <laughs>
0: this
1: is this is problematic. This is, this I'm is
0: absolutely fantastic. <laughs>
2: I've, I've heard I've heard uh, loti, oh, which yeah. is definitely not the plural of lotus. Right? It's just lotuses. Yeah. Yeah. But I've heard low tie a lot.
0: Yeah. Which
1: doesn't it's not as it looks good when you write it I think, but pronouncing it, it's sort of weird. Well, and it it, it comes mm-hmm. up so infrequently because you really only have one lotus in your deck. It's true. I mean you, you, don't, you don't have you don't have too many opportunities to brass. talk about your low tie.
0: Unless you're brass man and you just don't care about the the card limits in like I multiple black 20. low yeah, tie. I yeah, but I don't
2: use that to play for extra, extra low tie. I just multiple have like 10 s- brass men
0: swords to plow i can't think of oh, a yeah. creative <laughs> yeah, yeah. plural plow plow for say. plowshares
2: swords to shares? well yeah cuz swords is already plural it's Both plowshares swords plowshares are already true. plural swords to plowshares yep. is a short <laughs> no i mean that's plural so
1: the singular would be swords to plowshare sword to plowshare
0: yeah. i'm going to sword to plowshare your yeah. <laughs> You're so this,
1: this is this is a serious vintage asking the serious question.
0: like it. <laughs> This has to. I, I really hope that this becomes a recurring. I like I like when you um segment. when
2: you pluralize the other word. So instead of time time walks, it would
0: time's, be times walked.
2: walked. <laughs> Maybe yeah, times walked. That's
0: that's an awkward one because like when you talk about names of cards, that's always if I'm, the noun
1: comes first, you pluralize the noun.
0: Right, right.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, a time walk, time is an adjective describing the walk. But I'm what would we talk about? Well, like, um, like bridge from below versus – or bridge from below versus – Bridges from yeah. below. Exactly. Oh, uh, yeah.
2: Bridges from below sounds natural to me.
1: And I, I'll say that when it, don't. when it comes up in writing, I have to do it – Bridge from belows because then the card reader picks it up and, and oh, all of my links oh. become active.
0: You're perpetuating
1: flaws. And I, this is... and it gets me because I didn't That's always awful. do that, but I have to now. That's terrible.
0: You're the worst. I oh,
1: am. Shakespeare got to get paid, son. How about Times Twister? That's <laughs> all one word. It, it, and the
2: Twister. I don't care. Numbers. That's the. I mean, I don't. I don't actually know the correct grammar for any of this. I'm just saying things I think are.
1: Yeah, um, they're pleasing to me. It's clearly, time twisters. A,
0: he's just a metal man. He doesn't understand the nuances of our strange words and language. Is, it's this, true. is this rap? Are you rapping?
2: <laughs> <laughs> poetry Slam.
0: Yeah, this, this is the serious vintage Poetry Slam oh, man.
1: that th- segment. That's what should happen at Gen Con this year, is we should. Post oh, God, poetry yes. Poetry Slam. <laughs>
3: does your wife ever go by brass woman
1: <laughs> I, I think i think the term has come up but it's certainly not frequently used elizabeth has called herself grandmama belcher in the past
0: <laughs> i did also give spellbomb's oh, yeah. wife <laughs> her girlfriend and she's now monica bomb yeah
1: i think it's important it shows unity
0: i don't know what sarah's
1: <laughs> D- duchess group i don't know
0: i uh yeah I, i'm not sure and, I mean, the female version
1: can, of president is just president. So. That's true, and I don't know what the female version of thalid tosser is. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure that I want to get into that. <laughs> Do
2: thalids have a gender? Probably
0: not. Yeah, I mean, they reproduce through like mitosis. Yeah, right? they, they reproduce. Through through like Sex yeah. yeah,
2: or rather, I mean, <laughs> no, the thalids create thalid saplings, yeah, Zepraline. which are tiny trees. They are. Are the sapperlings – do the sapperlings grow into phthalids?
0: Oh, um related there I don't think that we have enough information about the, the phthalid life cycle. They,
1: isn't it unrelated? Aren't they tiny trees and, I mean, phthalids are fungus?
2: But I'm, I'm thinking, like yeah, it's like – like, is it like a complicated life cycle where the tiny trees grow up and somehow that results in there being more salads? Is it like a symbiotic relationship?
0: I hope I'm, I'm a feral phthalid when I grow up. Okay. Mm. <laughs> I think
2: there's got to be back sort of where the, didn't like elves make the Thalids?
0: Yeah, yeah, the elves made the Thalids using magic that was basically stolen from the Ebon Hand, which they used to make the Thralls. Whoa. So the elves make the Thalids, and the Thalids make the Sapperlings. The Sapperlings are... The sapperlings Maybe the elves. Eventually?
2: I don't know. Dinosaurs inherit the earth. Yep. All right. Yep. <laughs> All right. uh, We went pretty far afield
0: That's fantastic This this was great I'm so glad we did this
1: Are there more grammar questions? I want to talk about grammar some more I can't think of any other cards
2: I want to say um, Jace's Mind Sculptor But that's
0: No I always
1: always like it when the is his middle initial Jace T Mind Sculptor (laughs) That's good (laughs) good. It's, It's so much more personal (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I know he has an actual last name, but... Does he? Belerin?
0: Oh, of course.
1: The bad one. Well, not it the one. It just got
0: sort of, yeah, it, it got dropped when he became cool enough right. to... Well, he's just a first name kind of guy start now.
1: sculpting mines who cares about your last name. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I bet he gave himself his own nickname. <laughs> hey, guys, from <laughs> now on, I want you to call me the Mind
0: sculptor. Uh, he seems like the type. <laughs> sure. Bellerin. Whatever idiot.
3: Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jake.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this serious vintage Eldrazi survival guide. So serious. I'm Jeff Mose. I'm Nat Mose. I'm Josh Chappell. And I'm Brassus Men. <laughs> and we hope you'll join us next time for more serious vintage. A little j-
1: When you tell people about shiny happy dude sweats, tell people I beat a guy who looked like the dude from Big Lebowski.